There is no shortage of voices in the SBC claiming that the end is near, that we balance on a precipice over the pit of destruction. I believe most of those voices are mistaken, some out of ignorance and others willfully. Most of the enemies within the church they warn us about are boogeymen designed to manipulate us into action so that they can gain and maintain power. Well, Mr. Miller, I have one question for you. Prove it. We provide evidence. Now it's your turn. Welcome to a special little episode of the Wikipedia podcast. Uh, the Wikipedia podcast is brought to you by enemies within the church. Ooh, apparently the ones that are <laughs> warning about boogeymen that don't exist. <laughs> and when we saw this article, when, when it was given to us uh, to look into, yeah, we pretty quickly realized that we needed to get something out about it. Now, you can also go on to enemieswithinthechurch.com. You can view the documentary, and you can see if we're just pointing out boogeymen or if we're providing evidence. You can also click on the tab at the top, Wikipedia, and you can read the articles we have, including, which is also linked in the description of this podcast, including an article uh, providing more details in our response to Mr. Dave Miller. Now... If you thought that him saying enemies within the church was not a direct jab at us, well, let's add a couple pieces of context. First, enemies within the church is not just put in there as a phrase. It's put in uh, quotation marks. He's using it as a specific phrase. Now, how do we know that he's referring to us? Well, he lives in Sioux City and was a pastor there, uh, there. Sioux City is the headquarters for enemies within the church. Yeah, this is a direct jab at us. What, what's more interesting about it is the article itself is not a jab at us. He just decided to throw in a passive-aggressive uh, attack. Now, again, the question I have is prove it. Prove that we're just pointing out boogeymen. Prove your points. We provide evidence, so now it's your turn. Now, one thing I want to say right off the bat, Dave Miller, Pastor Dave Miller, I don't know, maybe you have a, a doctorate, so many people do nowadays, Dr. Dave Miller. I'm not 100% sure. I think you're currently pastoring, but we'll go with Dave Miller, just because I know that's a safe one. You're invited to come on. If you have something to say to us, not only are you allowed to directly say it, you, you can. We're big boys. We got the big boy pants on. We know people disagree with us. You can say it. But you're invited to come on here and say it. The only thing we ask is you bring some evidence. You bring some evidence against us. You bring some evidence for the points that you make. And we're going to discuss and compare evidence. But you are 100% invited to come on, and we are not going to censor you, unlike the way that you handle comments on your blog. Yes, we're going to talk about that as well. 
because the biggest thing we want to point out is not just that the the s the, the, the article title is a real danger in the SBC and its points. We're going to read this, but its points include wokeism is not a huge danger in the SBC. Liberalism is not a huge danger in the SBC. He's attacking things, ideas that we've put forward as well as others, and he's using us as kind of the poster child. But the, the level of hypocrisy is shocking because it's one of these, these messages in the end, it's a message of, of unity. We need to have unity. We need to have unity. Yet he himself is divisive. And again, mentioning comment sections, the comment sections on his blog. Oh boy. Not exactly open and willing to engage with people. Now, again, we're giving you the floor. So, Mr. Miller, if you want to come on here, we will give you the floor. Again, the only thing we ask is bring some evidence. Because in reading this article, I don't see anything that I can point to. There's no uh, citations. There's nothing that we can grab onto. There's no evidence to prove the points. There's a lot of statements. Again, you can disagree with us. You can disagree with Wikipedia and, and enemies within the church. But at least you can look at what we're talking about. You can look at the quotes. You can look at the videos. You can look at all the pieces of evidence we provide. But now let's talk about this article. So let's read parts of it. So I already read the intro. But let's jump into it. So wokeism is not a huge danger in the SBC. There is a misguided woke movement in American politics centered in our universities. Okay, so at least he admits that there is such thing as wokeness. There is a, a woke ideology. Spoiler, he will not define that. But it is not a huge issue in the SBC. The SBC is filled with conservatives, some more conservative on certain issues and some less conservative. Oh, so it's just different flavors of conservative. Uh, some are actually biblically conservative. Some are just those quirky liberal conservatives. It is not accurate to call the SBC woke. I will give him a certain point on that. And, and we, we often do phrase it as the SBC is woke. We probably shouldn't say it that way. The SBC has extreme issues riddled throughout it. It's a cancer that's infected the whole organization, but the organization is made up of individual churches that are mostly autonomous. The autonomy is weakening a lot recently, though. So we will we will be fair on that. That is, might be a little bit of hyperbole. It just isn't. Oh, now he's making a definite statement. It isn't. Emphatically, it is not woke at all. It is a scare tactic that should be abandoned. Prove it. The burden of proof is on you. You are making a very definitive statement that wokeness just does not exist in the SBC to such a degree that it can be completely ignored. Prove it. We've provided evidence. Go watch Enemies Within the Church. Go read Wikipedia. Go listen to the other podcasts, and you will see evidence, evidence that you at least have to deal with. 
Liberalism is not a huge danger in the SBC. Again, Southern Baptists are on a spectrum of conservatism. Prove it. We've provided counterexamples. Prove your points. It's, if you can't tell, I'm very frustrated by people that just make statements and then offer nothing. It's all emotionalism. We do not all march in lockstep on every issue, but the idea that our disagreements mark us some mark us some as liberals is ludicrous. We have lost the ability to discuss issues with nuance, to be subtle and thoughtful. When there are differences of opinions, some just break out their brickbats and start swinging. Liberal! Critical thinking and the ability to discuss issues without insult, without anathematizing our opponents, has been lost. Um, remember that this article started off with an attack against enemies within the church. A unsubstantiated, without evidence, passive-aggressive jab at enemies within the church. Again, this man is... We're going to lay out the accusation that he is being hypocritical. He's being hypocritical. Now, the article is going to continue on. We're not going to read the whole thing. We'll link it in the description. But then he goes on to... So the three big issues that conservatives within the SBC get on are wokeness, liberalism, which those are really the same issue, and egalitarianism. Because uh, the SBC is a staunchly complementarian, so that past, you know, the, the position that pastors can only be men, and they're raising concerns that the denomination is no longer holding to that, not in totality, but there's large amounts of it. Now, his case, again, it's this, this emotional case, but it says things such as, out of our nearly 50,000 churches, we have minuscule fraction that have women pastors and quite a few others that have women in ministerial staff positions. Both of these have been true for decades. These are not new trends. One, he's trying to conflate one issue with another, women pastors and women in ministerial staff positions. The conservatives were talking about women pastors specifically. And then he's saying, well, it's exists for a long time. So this is not how you do argumentation. If it's a, if the theological position of the denomination and it's laid out in their confessional document is complementarian, then you can't say, oh, well, this isn't an issue. Yeah, there are some churches that don't hold to it. It's not an issue. That's not how that's not how things work. You don't say, oh, there's not a big issue, so there's no issue. It just it, It's going into the idea that he's just trying to be dismissive, and in being dismissive, he's being divisive. He doesn't want to have dialogue. He doesn't want to engage with people because he's dismissing. He's saying, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, this does exist, but it's not a problem. Again, that's, that's blatantly dismissive. Another irony of this is one of the biggest egalitarians in the SBC writes for Dave Miller's blog. Now, the blog we're talking about is called SBC Voices, uh, and the, the man that I was making reference to is Dwight McKissick, one of the kookiest characters in the SBC. 
who has a lot of, let's just say, fringe positions and is very openly woke. But again, Dave Miller, let's continue with this article and let's break a few things down. Let's provide some evidence that shows that he himself is one, not really conservative, two, is pretty hypocritical on this. Uh, there are alarmists in the SBC constantly raising the alarms. I'll, there's some writing quirks that now that I'm reading it out loud, I'm, I'm noticing. Uh, the sky is falling. Wokists are coming. Liberals are taking over. Egalitarians are overrunning everything. He's using hyperbole to try and distract. Again, it's emotionalism. It's all just employing the, the three Ds of deny, deflect, discredit. We've already seen he tried to discredit us and he's denied and deflected on multiple things. Of course, we ought to be wary of false doctrine. The Bible warns us that the enemy would constantly be sending wolves among the sheep. So what he's saying is, no, 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 there's no actual issues. Oh, but we got to be constantly on guard because they're constantly going to be attacking. There's a, I, I, I can't reconcile those two things. I was educated in the 70s before the conservative resurgence. The uh, Southern Baptist actually went pretty liberal in the 60s, 70s. And then there was a thing called the conservative resurgence where the denomination was able to swing back mostly conservative. And had Baptist professors teach me some pretty heinous things. I never want to go back to those days. Okay, if you don't want to go back to those days, then don't just deny that there's any issues because that's really what you're doing. You're saying, I can discredit and deny and deflect and ignore all of this, all of the calls of liberalism, all the calls of wokeness, all the calls of these issues. Vigilance is wise. False accusations are sin. We are not a woke convention, a liberal convention or an egalitarian convention. We are a convention of conservatives. Again, he's not, he's not substantiating any of this. He's not substantiating any of this. Now, he says that the real problem is there is a growing unwillingness to cooperate in missions with churches and fellow believers unless they are in near unanimous agreement on tertiary issues. We'll look at what he thinks a tertiary issue is. And spoiler alert, he thinks being woke is a tertiary issue. Now, he's, he's, he goes on to talk about the Baptist faith, the message, and he points out a lot of things that are true about it. It is a very vague document to the degree that's almost useless, uh, but he also makes some, again, blatantly hypocritical statements. So he makes the point, it is meant to spell out the fundamentals of the Christian faith, not any particular theological persuasion. Rather than pointing out the massive issue in that, let me go to the next point, because he points it out himself. It is meant to define the parameters of Baptist practice. If it's meant to define Baptist, the Baptist theological position, then that is a specific theological persuasion that goes beyond the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Otherwise, it's not the Southern Baptist Convention, it's the just generic convention of churches with no particular theological position or persuasion. But he does point out issues where it's not, it's something that, 
it's really a have our cake, eat it too document. You're technically not required to adhere to it as a Southern Baptist church, but at the same time, you're sort of judged by it. It's designed to fail. The whole system of the SBC is kind of designed to always lead into disunity. At least that's my personal take on it, especially from being in the SBC. Then he's going to go on to try and defend Saddleback Church and say that, well, they're they're really not this thing, but they are kind of are, and they're really not that, but they kind of are. It's taking a weird. He again, he wants his cake and to eat it too, and saying, "Well, that's just we can just agree to disagree." That's the beauty of the SBC. Well, Mr. Miller, let's lay out a couple things. First, let's talk about how he handles the comment section on his website. He will often lay out a standard by which you're allowed to comment. Not universally, but specifically on his different uh, articles. I ask that you engage with this. Keep your comments to this. You're allowed to... Well, the bottom of this one says, I will be in Senegal, West Africa, and will not be able to interact at all. You can blast me to your heart's content. Have fun. So he he says, yeah, it's just open. You can say whatever you want, right? Um, (laughs) Let's read a pinned comment from one of his admins. All a note that I've cleaned up this comment section and same on a few other recent articles. We are not going to continue with critical discussions of specific people. Post that elsewhere if you like, not here. That should show you a little bit of a standard. They're willing to delete anything that disagrees with them and find kind of arbitrary reasons why, things that agree with them, that's fine. Things disagree. No, 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 no. That's violating what we laid out. <sighs> now, again, what does he think a tertiary issue is? He is someone who is fully bought into critical race theory, although he tries to deny it. He tries to he accepts the substance, denies the title. Now, I think we've seen many people who are like that. Personally, my position on on Mr. Miller is that he is someone who is ignorant, not someone who is an intentional deceiver, but someone who is ignorant. He he does seem to honestly think he's not buying into these ideas while he's buying into all the tenets of them. But it should not be a surprise when he's written an article uh, defending critical race theory, defending... SBC's infamous Resolution 9, the resolution that adopted critical race theory and intersectionality. And his article on it is bad because he tries to take this this high road, this high road of, I'm just looking at the text of the resolution. I'm just sticking specifically to that. And if you have a problem with it, you need to be specific with the resolution itself. But what he's really trying to do is make it so narrow that you have to agree with him. And if you disagree with him, well, you're not, you're not addressing the resolution itself. You're addressing something else. 
and so the whole thing goes through in defense. It, it admits some of the the issues, but then it goes through the defense of no, these are these are good things, and systemic racism exists. So that, that's perfectly fine. Uh, and it, it's we can adopt this, but the defense is that we're we're not we're saying it's not it's not as a system as a uh, totality. It's not biblical, so it needs to be adopted only as a tool in subordination to scripture. Well, that's bizarrely. You can't do that. I mean, let's grant him and the the, the entire pro-Resolution 9, the ones that don't think that they are adopting the the worldview that comes with critical race theory. Let's grant them their position. It's hypocritical. Because if it's not... If it's just providing some truth while containing errors, and the Bible contains all the truth, well, then why do we need to adopt this system that has some issues when we can adopt what the Bible says? The second you ad- they admit... Uh, this uh, chew the meat, spit the bones mentality, they've admitted that it's not, it's not, it's it's pointless. It was divisive to, in their logic, it was just divisive to adopt. But again, as we've shown, it's critical race theory, intersectionality, critical theory, all these things are a lot bigger. Like you, you can't, separate them from the the worldview they rest on ideas and then they lead to other ideas they're part of a worldview an ideological system you have to adopt other key tenets of that system to get to critical race theory and intersectionality and critical race theory and intersectionality are not neutral they point to conclusions they are not tools. They can't be tools because they rest on assumptions and provide solutions. A hammer is a tool. A hammer doesn't rest on assumptions and lead to specific solutions. A hammer can nail any nail regardless. Critical race theory and intersectionality are an ideological system. Now, I just want to read one thing from his, his article defending critical race theory. Uh, the suspicion among many is that the real issue is not CRT as an analytical tool, but the existence of systemic racism. Is racism only an individual problem, or is it in governments and justice systems and societies and other institutions? To many black pastors and believers, the denial of systemic racism is essentially a denial of their existence and cover-up of the racism they have experienced. Again, he's just going to an emotional argument. He's not saying that they're they're correct in their their belief of systemic racism. He's saying if you reject it, you're essentially you're being racist. It's emotionalism. But I just want to continue on with the idea of uh, a very draconian policy when it comes to the comment section uh the challenge is that you have to be specific to you can comment but you have to be specific to the text of the resolution 
which really comes out. I mean, you can go, you can go read the comment section. Anyone that disagrees, boom, it's uh, you're not literally there's a copy pasted comment. Dave's request was for people to deal with the specifics of the resolution text. Go to another one. Dave's request was for people to deal with the specifics of the resolution text. And in specific, one guy made a long comparison. He went through it. He talked about it. As I read it, it was, it was pretty thoughtful. And he said, his first example was, what if you replaced Gnosticism with critical race theory and intersectionality? Uh, the logic wouldn't work. Now, the point wasn't Gnosticism. The point was the, the logic. He's, he was saying that the, this logic does not flow. You can't just put any system in there and then adopt it as a tool. And again, it was the, you know, it's, it needs to be specific to the resolution text. It was. It was directly addressing things. Dave Miller's response was, CRT slash I is not Gnosticism. Clearly, you don't want to make an informed comment. Oh, boy. Totally just... Uh, that's so hostile. That's so hostile. And the guy caves to it. You know, he responds with, didn't want to pose uh, and be unhelpful in conversation. So again, Mr. Miller, you're allowed to come on here. We'll give you a, you know, the platform to discuss this with us directly. If you want to call us racist, if you want to call us names, if you want to do all these emotional things, you can do that too. We ask you to bring some, you know, bring some evidence. We're going to discuss specific points and issues and topics. In fact, uh, contact us, contact Wikipedia at gmail.com. Give us a list of what you would like to talk about. We'll give you a few points we'd like to talk about as well. We will, you know, make this all detailed and organized beforehand and, you know, let people be able to see for themselves, give people evidence you can give people your evidence, we'll give people our evidence, and we can go from there. We'll let people make informed decisions. We won't use emotionalism, though. But let, let's continue on. He, he's obsessed with the idea. You know, we've already seen he believes in the idea of systemic racism. He is functionally pro-CRT. He's obsessed with the idea of race and racism, and there's this huge systemic issue uh, it's all over the place. Uh, I mean, you can go to his Facebook and search and you'll find all sorts of um, comments. I mean, you can just go to, go to, you can go to people's page, by the way, and there's a search function. You can type in words like uh, racial is one of the ones that will often come up. And, you know, like here's, here's a comment. Stories like this are why I'm going to Nashville this week for the ERLC, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Uh, racial Reconciliation Conference in 2015, which was very woke, by the way. Russell Moore, well, I guess it's 2016. He wasn't technically there yet. But no way. See, now I'm getting my dates confused. Ugh. But He has many, many articles. Uh, you know, here's one. My three stories, a white man's racial journey. Uh, you know, again, what's your problem with Resolution 9? Uh, a plea to minority brothers and sisters. Uh, which includes lines like, 
They have seen relentless attacks on critical race theory, which may seem, which many seem to interpret as an attack on racial reconciliation and racial justice. Many of those who attack CRT with such overweening passion also reject the idea that systemic racism exists in our nation and tend to oppose many of the attempts that have been made at racial inclusion in the SBC. When black professors have been hounded out of SBC seminaries as a result of this conflict, some have concluded the war against CRT is racially motivated. Can we understand why black pastors might see these anti-CRT attacks attacks as signs that they are not welcome among us? But if critical race theory isn't biblical, that's not attacking people. That's telling people the truth. See, there's a fundamental assumption that he's making. And again, he, he's functionally pro-CRT. Also, he's accepting the ideas of, like, of uh, systemic racism, which is a fundamental part of CRT. He's trying to say that these are separate things, that you can be a you can believe in the tenets of critical race theory without being believing in critical race theory itself. Uh, I, I want to re- read this as well. Uh, met a young man today, former pastor. His church fell apart during the COVID era. He was accused of being too political. In reality, he was only guilty of not falling in line with hard right orthodoxy on masks and other issues, which every piece of evidence, beyond the common sense of the time, every piece of evidence is now coming out. All the reports, all the studies, everything is coming out that, no, it was the left that was hard mistaken on these issues, and it was not hard right orthodoxy to question the efficacy of things like masks and the government's ability to enforce things such as masks. He preached God's word and called people to live in obedience. He just didn't fall in line with GOP party line. Even though the GOP was not hard anti-mask or anything like that. Uh, He said we should show compassion to immigrants and refugees as people bearing the image of God. That is biblical, not political. People left his church because they wanted conservative politics, implying that the man wasn't conservative, I guess. More, they didn't want their politics challenged by biblical truth. So saying conservative, political conservative is not biblical. (laughs) I don't know if he realizes the implications he's making there. This story is not uncommon today. We have made conservative political partisanship a theological imperative again imply well what's what's the alternative you can be because he's using conservative not republican now i think he's meaning republican he's saying partisanship but what's the alternative that you can vote for democrats that you can vote for transgenderism that you can vote for uh abortion his opinion that's called idolatry It's also why I am a capital, capital K, kingdom, capital I, independent. I am a kingdom independent voter now. So he, you you can see through, I hope you can see through this. He's he's just incredibly wishy-washy. He wants to attack us for taking positions, actually giving positions, actually giving evidence. Yet he's going to just be wishy-washy. Give us evidence. Give us something that we can latch on to. If you had something specific, we could dialogue and engage with that. If you do, again, contact us. 
Now, I, I, I want to look at one last thing, which, again, one of his writers on his blog, SBC Voices, is Dwight McKissick. Again, one of the more quirky, to put it one way, people in the SBC, very much pro-CRT, very much uh, gives into these ideologies. He wrote an article for SBC Voices called Why I Will Leave the SBC If They Rescind Resolution 9, the resolution affirming critical race theory. Uh, we're not going to go over the whole thing, but again, it's just a, you know, it's, it's racist to reject critical race theory. But point three in his article there is value in acknowledging where systemic injustices exist and is embedded in societal structures and applying biblical principles to root it out. Uh, as we see in Acts 6, where the complaint of the Grecian widows with regard to food distribution was responded to with the appointment of Greek men to serve in the distribution, assuming fairness. Uh, these aforementioned tenets are central to critical race theory. So he's saying... He is making the point that critical race theory is biblical. That is further than Dave Miller was willing to openly admit. And again, it, it's a pretty, there's, there's a bit of a tension there. But these affirmative tensions are central to critical race theory, and they are also compatible with the Bible and the Baptist faith and message 2000. I'm going to point out one thing. The whole Act 6 thing was not a racial issue. There was some issues going on there. But it wasn't Greeks. It was Hellenistic Jews. It was the Hellenistic widows, the Jews who spoke only Greek, they didn't know Hebrew, who were not being adequately served. And it was not, if you read it, you have to read overt prejudice in when there's a lot of other explanations. God's point wasn't about prejudice. God's point was about making sure everyone in the church is taken care of. You're a family. You need to make sure everyone's taken care of. And the men pointed all had Greek names, which are more than likely they were Hellenistic Jews who were fully qualified as deacons. But even there is technically an assumption since we know that people had a Jewish name, a Hebrew name, and a Greek name. Look at Peter. Peter, Cephas. They're both the same name. They both mean rock. One is Greek. One is, uh, well, actually Aramaic, so still Hebrew. And you look at Paul, Paul, Saul. Paul didn't change his name. He didn't go from Saul to Paul. Uh, it's a common mistake. Paul is Greek. It was his Greek name. Saul was his Hebrew name. When he's going out and witnessing to the Gentiles, and he's as the apostle to the Gentiles, he went by Paul. And that kind of became his defining name. But he's, again, Dwight's massaging things here. A lot of massaging on this website. But then he goes on to try and argue that... Uh, Derek Bell, who's considered the father of critical race theory, though he's not the one who made the actual, he's not the one who made overtly defined critical race theory. It's his ideas that, that 
are credited as uh, kind of the origins, a proto-critical race theory theorist. Uh, he denied any Marxian, Marxist influence or European scholarly influence in its development of CRT. That's just an absurd statement. Uh, he purposely excluded them. He said so that his works would be only be influenced by persons such as Phyllis Wheatley, Frederick Douglass, who would recoil at that statement, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, Marxist, and Martin Luther King, Jr., Marxist. If you want to know what CRT is, is everything Martin Luther King has written, including his I Have a Dream speech. Again, unfortunately, Martin Luther King Jr. was influenced by Marxism. And he was, in regards to Christianity, he was a flaming heretic. You can appreciate some of the, some of the things about a person, but you got to put them in the right sphere of where you're fish, of appreciating them. When it comes to spirituality, dude was off-the-wall heretic. When it comes to morality, dude was very immoral. When it comes to political ideology, dude was Marxist. When it comes to opposing blatant racism and segregation, yeah, I can agree with him there, but you can't separate him from his ideologies. And again, Marxist influence. Ah. It's totally dishonest and intellectually bankrupt to discredit CRT by falsely associating it with critical theory. <laughs> Again, Derek Bell denies any connection. You'd have to call him a liar to believe or write such. Well, I'm going to call him a liar then. To deny that critical race theory is associated with critical theory. That's the insane lengths that Dwight McKissick will go to. He will say that critical race theory, a branch of critical theory, is not a branch of critical theory, despite having critical theory in the name. I hope you're getting annoyed with how many times I'm saying critical theory. This is just bizarre. This is bizarre. Now, this isn't even getting into the, the actual evidence of wokeness and issues in the SBC, but we can see that... Dave Miller and Dwight McKissick are woke. They are liberals in the SBC. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. We'll we'll give Dave Miller. He's a different flavor of conservative. It just happens to be a theologically liberal and kind of looking politically liberal version of conservatism. Folks, we really try and provide you evidence. Now, if you want to go look at actual evidence of wokeness in the SBC, go to enemieswithinthechurch.com. Watch the film. Go listen to the Wikipedia podcast. Go look at our articles. There's also a compilation, a woke SBC compilation. Go to YouTube and type in, uh, you can type in Enemies Within the Church. I'll link it in the description. And if I, if I met, I said I'll link several things. If for some reason they're forgotten, uh, let me know. I'll make sure those are linked in the description. But you can type in enemies within the church and you'll find a YouTube page for enemies within the church, just enemies within. And you'll find a video. Uh, EWTC presents woke SBC compilation. 
and it provides a lot of examples of blatant wokeness in the SBC. Again, we provide evidence. Dave Miller, how about you start to do the same?